Hey, Calvary family, this is Pastor Michael Grove here on the Bible Reading App. Today is May the 28th, and we are here on Pentecost Sunday. So we are going to jump into the book of Acts and read that first Pentecost Sunday when the Holy Spirit filled the apostles and gave them the ability to go out and be God's witnesses. So here we go, starting in the book of Acts chapter 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly, Two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about a hundred and twenty, and he said, Brothers and sisters, the scriptures had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong. His body burst open and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language, Akaldama, that is, field of blood. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalm, May his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. 
So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell on Matthias. So he was added to the eleven apostles. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd, Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, 
and you will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. In the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This concludes the reading for today. Let me give you a few thoughts before we end our time together. Okay, give me just a minute to unpack this real quick for you. If you go back to Matthew chapter 16, you'll find this interaction with Jesus and Peter. And in this moment, Jesus asks, who do the people say that I am? The disciples talk back and forth about the things that people had been saying, that he was a prophet, that he was Elijah returned, and many other things. But then Jesus turned to them and say, okay, but who do you say that I am? In that moment, Peter proudly stands up and declares, Well, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Do you remember what Jesus said to him? He told him, Peter, you're blessed. That wasn't something that you came up with or that human wisdom gave you. That was a divinely appointed word from the Lord. In other words, God had just revealed something to Peter so profound that it came straight from heaven above. And then God makes a promise for him. He said to Peter, who at the time was called Simon, that no longer would he be called Simon, but he would be called Peter, which means rock. And on this rock, 
Jesus promised he would build his church. Just a few moments after this, do you remember what happens? Jesus told his disciples that something was about to happen that wouldn't be good. Listen to Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Now, do you remember Peter's response to this? This is key. In verse 22, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And what does Jesus say to him? Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. It's an interesting conversation, isn't it? One minute, Jesus is telling Peter that he's hearing something divinely from God. And because of that, he would be called the rock. And on that rock, Jesus would build a church that the gates of hell would not be able to prevail against. Just a few moments later, Peter is thinking like a human being. He's forgotten all his heavenly wisdom and is now thinking about his own self and how he feels about Jesus. If you continue fast-forwarding Peter's story, you eventually find out that he says he'll follow Jesus wherever Jesus goes. And Jesus tells him he would deny him three times before the rooster crowed. And then sure enough, after Jesus was arrested, Peter denied him three times. Why am I telling you all of this now? Because when you fast forward to Acts chapter 2, we see a completely different Peter. He is standing up in front of the Jews, the same Peter who denied Jesus to a servant girl. He was afraid to tell the servant girl that he was a follower of Jesus. That same Peter is now standing up in front of all these Jews and basically saying, you did this. The Messiah, the one that God called the Messiah was delivered to you and you put him to death. Whoa, what a bold message from Peter. How did he become so bold? And the best part is, Because of his message, people repented and responded, and 5,000 got baptized and were added to the beginning of the church. What was the change in Peter? How did he go one minute understanding wisdom from God, the next minute being told to get behind Jesus because he's thinking like Satan, and then denying Jesus and not being very strong and courageous? How did he go from that to boldly standing in front of over 5,000 Jews in preaching such a convicting message that they change their minds and repent? Well, Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 happened to Peter. They were in the room. A wind came blowing through like a violent wind from heaven. And then they saw tongues of fire over each of their heads and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. What did the Holy Spirit do? It empowered them to be bold, to be God's witnesses. And with that power, and with that boldness, they all became who God designed them to be. You see, God had promised Peter that he would be the rock that the church would be built on, and the gates of hell would not be able to prevail against it. 
You see, once Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was able to be exactly who God said he was supposed to be. What does the Holy Spirit empower us to do? Well, to be bold, to be God's witnesses, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But bigger than that, it empowers us to be exactly who God designed us to be. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God takes your talents, abilities, and gifts and ignites them with fire so that you can go and be God's witness wherever you go, however he chose for you to do it. You see, part of your Imago Dei, your image of God, is that you would have something specific that God has designed you to do to be part of his Missio Dei, the mission of God. And God's mission is to reconcile all people back to him, that they would be fruitful in all that they do. And it happens by the people of God being and doing what God has designed us to do. So the Holy Spirit fills you and gives you the push you need to be who God designed you to be. Peter saw it on the day of Pentecost. And that was the day he actually became the rock that God would build the church on. In the gates of hell to this very day have not prevailed against it. Through centuries of martyrdom, through world wars and tragedies, and through even a global pandemic, the gates of hell will not prevail against God's church. All because the Holy Spirit empowered his people to go and do what he called them to do. So may you be filled with the Holy Spirit today. On this day of Pentecost, may you remember that God not only made you on purpose with a purpose, but he also gave you the power to go and be who he designed you to be. So may you be that person today. That's all the time we have left for today. I love you and God bless. Thank you.